Pace Line is produced by the Cycling Independent with the support of subscribers like you and additional underwriting from Shimano North America. We are community-focused, community-supported, and dedicated to the whole of cycling. Always remember, at the Cycling Independent, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. From the Cycling Independent, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my host, John Robot Lewis. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. Um, I'm home. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know which time zone you're in day to day, Um, which makes scheduling this thing that we do super fun. (laughs) <laughs> you know, the, the, the one good thing about uh, the way my life is currently arranged is that it's really only two time zones. That's a good point, right? Like you're central or you're Pacific. Yes. Yes. Right. Um, but I can never tell you which time zone I feel like I'm in. That's I get that. I get that. And, you know, I've been waking up at um, like 430 every morning <laughs> Yeah, for no good reason. So maybe I'm not, maybe I'm actually living like in the Azores. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm living in the Azores and just stuck in Boston. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Or or you're a party girl in London. Sometimes I feel like a London party girl. Yeah. Yeah. I would take that swap, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, <laughs> moving right along. Uh, yeah, let's. We took a hard left there. Let's get back on course. Um, I'll just I'll just do the thing then. Yeah. Um, so so today I want to talk about a faith, uh, which okay. regular listeners may think is an odd choice for me because I am irreligious, which is not to say a religious. Like I'm an I'm an atheist, but I don't really care what you are. <laughs> yeah. You know, in my in my mind, it's immaterial, pun intended. In fact, <laughs> I still think we're basically the same uh, with just some details differing because at root at root, I think we we all have to have some measure of faith in order to go on living. Yes. Yes. Unquestionably. Mm-hmm. The alarm clock questions my faith most mornings. <laughs> yeah, that's a different sort of faith, but I, I hear you. Yeah. Well, it, you know, the our alarm clock asks the question, do you think it's worth it today? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's that. So it's that root level faith I want to talk about today and specifically what that looks like in my life vis-a-vis the bicycle, this mm-hmm. being a cycling podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a piece for the site the other day called uh, To Burn Off the Madness, mm-hmm. which is basically about using the bike as a treatment for episodic depression. Yep. To say that exercise is good for you when you're not feeling well in that way is easy, right? Uh, we, we all know that. 
what's hard, really, really hard sometimes is getting yourself out the door. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, two things I've learned about my depression and and it's worth uh, it's worth saying that th- my depression is well under control via medication, exercise and the support of both professional and non-professional people. Um, so I don't want people listening to this will be like, hang in there, buddy. It's, it's good. I'm hanging in there. Uh, I'm doing well. Um, but the two things I've learned are. Uh, number one, to confess when I don't feel well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not to keep it a secret. Mm-hmm. Depression wants to keep me alone and isolated so it can work me over. Yes. Uh, when I bring someone else into the loop, I break that spell and weaken the illness. So I try very hard to always name it when I'm feeling it. Mm-hmm. The second thing I've learned is keep moving. I have lived through stretches where moving was the last thing I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Depression doubles whatever the effect of inertia is on our mind and body. Yeah. Uh, but movement is medicine. Keep moving. I'm feeling like a congregation going, yep, yep. 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 Yeah. Say it. Say it. I don't think I'm saying controversial things. No, no. But it's like, you know. Preach it, brother John. Yeah. This this is where faith comes in. So your mind will tell you all sorts of lies and half-truths when you're struggling. The easiest thing to do is succumb, to listen to all that crappy static playing on your mental radio and sort of wallow in the despondency. For me, I've had to cultivate a faith that doing the things I don't want to do will lead me out of the darkness. Which sounds an awful lot like how faith functions metaphysically as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to reserve my comments there on the metaphysical bit, but only say that the bicycle is often, it's, it's, it's usually the medicine I need most, especially at times when throwing a leg over and pedaling is the last thing I want to do. The bicycle very seldom leaves me worse than it found me. Mm-hmm. You know, this morning was a great example of the guys I ride with most Wednesdays, many Wednesdays, um, needed, they have real jobs, so, or they have civilian jobs, so they have to be on meetings at, you know, 9, 9.30, and so they needed to ride today at 6.30 a.m., and I was like, Wow. Like, I'm feeling better than I was for sure earlier in the week, but I was tired and my body is sore this morning. And I was like, I don't even know about this, but actually I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was a great ride, like most rides are. Um, it worked mm-hmm. in as much as, you know, no one ride will, will, will save your life, I don't think. But if you keep going, eventually, <laughs> I think it does work. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, um, it's weird how much more the pattern, uh, is than any one ride. Um, it's, you know, it's in a way I would argue that it's better to do three hour, one ride, three, one hour rides, uh, than one five hour ride. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's the d- g- continuing to move every single day. It's the changing of the neurochemicals mm-hmm. every single day. Yeah. Uh, that I think works. I mean, you know, some of the work that you do away from cycling is termed a a spiritual practice, and we both have referred to the bike as a spiritual practice. Um, You know, I figured out long before I started having problems with the idea of God and just just what just which direction I really thought that went. um, Something I actually enjoy wrestling with. Uh, I have not dispensed with that, but Long before that, I I got into this place where I began to realize that so many of my core beliefs were much more closely allied to Zen Buddhism and the notion of spiritual practice, doing the thing um, and making the doing of the thing, you know, kind of a cornerstone uh, of one's life. Um, mm. And that's the thing that, you know, quite honestly, has has broken down to some degree for me in the last six, seven months, it's, it's been a a challenge. Uh, I, I definitely was dealing with some depression, December, January, maybe a little on into February. Uh, it was, it was not an easy time. Um, and, uh, I have not partly because of, you know, the aforementioned two time zones, I have not really gotten my life back into, uh, a routine uh, of, you know, this is, this is when I do this thing that's been really disrupted right. for me yeah. and I'm trying, but it has been tough. Um, and I can speak to, you know, yeah, there were days last winter where, uh, how did you put it? Something about, you know, not succumbing. And, mm. and really to me, it was, it wasn't that like the, the depression was overtaking me. It's that I couldn't escape it. It already had me. And so breaking yeah. free of it to get out for the ride was was actually, that's the way I would frame it in my head. Well, yeah, that's, I think that's why I'm bringing this up today, because I think it's, it's, it's so easy to say, oh, to ride your bike, you'll feel better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, riding the bike is the easy part. Tearing yourself off the couch, getting on the bike and leaving is the hard part. Oh yeah. And it can be, it can be very, very hard. Mm-hmm. And when I feel that way, I really have to call on that faith in the bike to, you know, to help me feel better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. Um, uh, it's very easy. I mean, when I'm depressed, one of the things I'm doing is I'm pistol whipping myself. And in doing that, you know, it's so easy to do it in more benign ways. Instead of saying, oh, you know, you're an awful person or something like that. It's like, have you really written enough sentences today? Was that (laughs) sentence good enough to allow yourself a bicycle ride? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you've got parenting to do. Uh, And so uh, I'm reminded a little bit of the C.S. Lewis novel, The Screwtape Letters. Uh, where, you know, evil is personified as, as the devil. And, you know, you're, you're in this, um, not quite physical, but a very real battle with the forces of darkness. And, uh, I could easily personify, you know, my own depression as, as something that's whispering in my ear and constantly finding, uh, novel ways to undermine, you know, whatever 
whatever recently built confidence I've I've managed to generate. Yeah, I I think one 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 metaphor I like is the um, the bit that the flight attendants do before the plane takes off. Uh, they say, you know, if the oxygen masks drop down, put yours on first and then help any kids or people who need help with theirs. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit how the bike ride is for me. Like, should I be parenting or should I be parenting better? Yeah, absolutely. But without the bike ride, that parenting is going to look pretty bad. Yep. Yep. And amazing. Some that- would argue it's not parenting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, my data set for what happens when I don't ride is, you know, I mean, forever incomplete and yet, oh, entirely complete. The The pattern is there. We have right. all the data we need to know what needs to happen next. Yeah. And I can still talk myself out of it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, back to your notion of faith. I, I really love that. And I love when you embrace this stuff, because for whatever reason, you always manage to come at it from a slightly different angle than I do. But to me, you know, faith, it's so often it's treated as this rock you know, the stone you pick up and you put it in your pocket there. Whew, it's settled, you know, all right. done now. And right. to me, faith is something that's active. I have to work at it, you know, to have faith in my friendships, uh, to have faith that my tires are going to hold in that turn, uh, to have faith that, you know, when I'm depressed, that once I get out there, man, I will be so much better. Those th- those are things that I have to work at. Faith is not something that, you know, is like a piece of art that I hang on a wall and I'm done. Yeah, I think that um, and this is probably why I didn't do this consciously, but, you know, faith is often associated with religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the premise there is, well, you can't see God of your choice or spirit of your, cho- you know, whatever. You can't see and touch that entity but it will it behooves you to believe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the same way uh it you know so spirituality to me and i i struggled with this for a long time until i i was in a recovery program and i had to kind of decide as an ardent an ardent or a steadfast atheist like what is spirituality in my in my uh, mind space. Mm-hmm. And, and what I finally came around to is spirituality describes things you can't touch and see. So, you know, I love my wife. Mm-hmm. I can't touch that love. I can't see it, but I believe that it's there. I know it's there. I have faith in that. Mm-hmm. Um, my connections to the people in my community are the same way. Like we are a community for better and for worse. I can't, tell you how we're connected physically um, because maybe that connection isn't physical. It's spiritual. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and it's the same with like, you know, what are your tires going to do in the, in the corner? I don't know. They haven't told me. Um, (laughs) I have to believe that they're going to do the right thing. Yep. And sometimes your faith is born of experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think often religious faith is that way, too. People have experiences that solidify their faith in whatever religion they follow. I happen to be, you know, a 
sort of strict secular science whateverist because that's who I am. But I don't think the faith is very different. And and it you know I had a funny experience one time. I was in a a recovery meeting and uh, there's a lot of talk about God in those meetings and. A friend of mine apologized to me. He said, this must drive you nuts, uh, all this God talk. And I said to him, you know, um, not really. I think when it rains outside, we both get wet. And that's kind of my starting point for for how life works. (laughs) Um, Why it's raining doesn't really affect uh, whether we're wet or not. So let's just deal with being wet right now. Mm hmm. That's nice. Yeah, that's really lovely. Um, yeah, I, I'm somebody who, you know, I arrived at this as someone who, who likes to wrestle with faith, uh, or, or wrestle with the, the concept of whether or not there's some omniscient something or other out there. Mm, yeah. Uh, I like the wrestle. Um, and the wrestle was given, uh, I don't know, a little more muscle, uh, or, or the, the round was made a good deal longer once I started doing, uh, counseling work with psychedelics, uh, because then I got exposed to like, well, yeah, there's a lot out here that you cannot explain. There are things happening that are well beyond your intelligence and control. And, uh, yes, I believe that, (laughs) um, (laughs) that, that jibes with my experience. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I, I welcome the fact that uh, I say fact, I welcome my understanding of the universe being a place where there are a lot of things where we have vastly incomplete data, things yeah, that we, yeah, yeah. things that we're not going to understand before you and I are gone. Oh, we're not going to understand in a hundred generations. Yeah. 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 I love that. I, I just love that. Having wonder in the world is what really makes the sugar sweet. Yeah, I think it's humbling in a good way. Um, it's one of those check yourself before you wreck yourself uh, ideas that like. Uh, and this is we, you know, I, I wrote about this on the site to the project, which is basically, you know, you become an adult and you try to figure out what life is for, what it means. Um, I think I think the premise that I will be wrong about a whole lot, if not everything, uh, (laughs) is the core of maybe living a more content life. I don't feel un, I don't feel unsettled by the fact that I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. I find it. If the, if the world was exactly as I thought it was, gosh, it would be, it would not be that great a place. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, I'm wrong most of the time. Oh, you know, and that's, you know, there you have the the splendid uh, quality of humility. Right, right. Things just go better if you understand you're probably not getting it. Yes, very true. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Well, what do you say we take a break and we come back in a minute? Yeah. Okay. Cool. This podcast is brought to you by Shimano. Um, uh, this is a recurring theme with me, but uh, 
when when Shimano put out their GRX component group, their gravel-specific componentry, my first uh, reaction was, really, we need a we need a gravel-specific uh, component group. Um, but, you know, as is always the case in my history, I ended up uh, getting some, uh, putting it on my bike. I have a GRX Di2 one-by setup on my uh, gravel bike, which is my go-to, my do-everything bike. And I love it so much. I love it so much. It's not a road group and it's not a mountain group, but it does exactly what I wanted to do out on the trail, uh, in a way that I didn't, I didn't imagine or could have conceived of before it came out. So there you go. Innovation from a company that doesn't probably have to innovate, uh, but does and keeps after it. And so we're proud to have them as sponsors of the podcast. Okay, we're back with the pace line, the podcast on two wheels. What's your pull this uh, week? Back from another trip to Memphis, uh, this time taking my sons to see grandma. Uh, so Sunday morning, I got up, hopped on my gravel bike and headed to the trails at Shelby Farms. Uh, as I've mentioned uh, on other occasions in this show, my first experiences mountain biking were on the trails at Shelby Farms. So I have a a deep connection to this place. Every time I get back after some time away, there's, I don't want to say it's nostalgia, but there's a familiarity that is just kind of lovely. So I'm tearing around the trails when suddenly I come upon this sextet of guys. Uh, we were on two different trails that fed into an intersection. So kind of a triangle sort of intersection. And we were all headed for the same trail uh, from there. Um, their lead rider, this guy, Chalino, uh, would stop frequently to let the guys regroup. I had the sense that the fitness level between them maybe had some range. Um, <laughs> during those moments, I learned a bit about them. Uh, Chilina was from Mexico, as were a couple of the other guys. One guy was from Colombia, and he spoke as much English as I do Spanish. Uh, I might actually speak more Spanish than he speaks English. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, and... Uh, uh, one of the guys, when he heard that my name was Patrick, uh, one of Chileno's buddies, instantly turns at me, turns and looks at me and goes, Patricio. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, like, I'd known these guys less than eight minutes and I had a nickname. You've known those guys less than eight minutes and also your whole life. That's what <laughs> happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, Chileno was on this surly drop bar mountain bike. Oh. Uh, big beefy uh steel fork uh it was kind of lovely to look at uh and his buddy manuel uh was also on a drop bar mtb his being from marin uh the rest of the guys were on pretty traditional flat bar mountain bikes um a couple full suspension bikes in there um they took no small amount of interest in my factor gravel bike mm -hmm. they thought it was very cool and you know to to be fair, it's a pretty cool bike. Uh, yeah. <laughs> after each regroup, Chilino would hit the afterburners and then start looking over his shoulder to see who was on his wheel. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> you know, it's just classic ride stuff, right? Uh, and I enjoyed following close, but it did mean that hitting some of the various tree roots and sandy spots contained a bit more surprise than I expected. It's been ages, like the 1990s, since I last followed someone close in there. And I'd forgotten just how little you can see ahead when you're 
five feet off the rear wheel of the rider in front of you and right. the single track is 12 inches wide yep uh it was uh it was pretty thrilling uh yeah uh at one point uh we went under uh this underpass and popped out on an old jeep road that honestly i had never ridden before because it seemed kind of senseless to do so when there are single track trails just not far away uh but they thought that that was a good adventure and so we had to skirt these two foot deep ruts from jeeps going through there uh and they were filled with water uh like almost like cattle troughs (laughs) and uh in one spot where what appeared to be a dried out rut uh well my tires broke through the thin crust and sank a couple of inches into the mud uh, I did manage to keep rolling, so it didn't capture me, but Cholino and company erupted in such gleeful and jolly laughter, I'd have done it again just for their enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> we popped out near one of the guy's cars, uh, shared some sodas. They did offer, offer me a cerveza, but uh, I went with Pepsi instead. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, eventually, we left those guys. They were going to drive back to their place uh, somewhere. And uh, Chilino and a few of the other guys uh, lived back toward Midtown and got on the bike path. And again, Chilino immediately lays down the hardest pace he possibly can. (laughs) Um, And I'm sitting back there thinking I'm just going to get a free ride back to where the trails start. uh, When I realized, oh, I got to say goodbye to this guy. I can't just like peel off the back. And so, you know, as we're negotiating other riders and whatnot, I had to make an effort to get up to him and say, you know, yo, thanks, but I'm out. Uh, but, uh, you know, when I, when I, after saying goodbye and turning off and diving into the dirt again, and I've got the woods around me, I began to wonder when the last time was that I just happened to bump into a group and hooked up with them. Uh, by the way, even though I've been single, the only way I do hookups is with other cyclists. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, It's probably been decades, but that ride was the most fun I've had uh, of any I did while in Memphis. Um, it's yeah, it was just such a delightful time. Um, I, it, I felt like a kid, honestly. Um, yeah. Chasing other guys around. Where are we going now? That that complete lack of knowing what's going to happen next uh, and just being in for it. I knew I had a solid three hours to ride. And so it's like, well, it doesn't matter if they turn right and I would have gone straight here. Let's see where they're going. You right. know, and we got the stupid Jeep road. I had never ridden. I mean, it's a tiny little stretch of road, maybe a mile, uh, but I'd never in my life ridden it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's good to give yourself over to the group sometimes. Yes. Uh, and it's so funny, you know, here I am in my late 50s uh, and. I'm getting reminded of something that I've known all along. Which is that, you know, making new friends is not a bad gig. Yeah. And the bike is, uh, I don't want to be corny too late. The bike is a universal language, right? Like you don't really need to share a language to be able to ride together and laugh pretty hard. Yes. Yes. And uh, absolutely. Yes. I was, I was working up to that, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, our experience absolutely transcended language, you know, 
we we were talking good time. We were all fluent in fun. Right. Yeah. When I ride by myself, I have a good time, but I don't laugh that much. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Especially when there were like a couple of missed turns and then somebody like cut through the grass and whatnot. Um, yeah. you know, just the, even the tiniest little things, everybody's laughing. Uh, yeah. I, I need to figure out how to like create that in my life. Um, well, you should have gotten Chilino's number, obviously. <laughs> I did. We traded photos. I oh, you did? I got one with the post. Yeah. Oh, sweet. <laughs> sweet. Well, there you go. That's, you got a good start. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how much, uh, English he can type back to me, but I've got a translation program. Yeah. When are you guys riding? Uh, yeah. Pretty, right? pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. it was, Yeah. Uh, there are those times when you go out and well, it's a little like they say about psychedelics. You won't all, you won't always get what you want, but you'll get what you need. Oh yes. Uh, all right. Yeah. And yeah, that was a ride I needed. I didn't go out for that ride, but it was precisely what I needed. Yeah. That's uh, nice. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's filled me with a certain sense of hope of like, I can do this in other places. I can, I can do this in my hometown. Right. Yeah. Uh, my current hometown. That was my, but moving right along. I mean, we, we did this ride this morning and we encountered some other people in the woods. It was, it was a couple, a a man and woman, um, in this case, uh, riding, they seem to be sessioning some of the more technical stuff rather than riding through. So we passed them a few times. Uh huh. And then they arrived back at the parking lot at the same time we did. And we, you know, talked about our dogs and talked about, um, you know, certain stuff on the trails. And uh, it was just very friendly and nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get their names and numbers. I don't think we're going to ride together. But it was just nice to have. I like that park, that afterwards parking lot uh, banter. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I got in my car. And there was a, I saw that there was a note jammed in my side view mirror. And I was like, uh oh, what is this? And this is, you know, New England. So I thought it was going to be something sort of salty. But I, right. I pulled it out and it said, hi, neighbor. Um, just a heads up, you're going to be, want to be careful leaving your windows open. You'll come back to a car full of mosquitoes. Um, anyway, have a great day. I was like, what? 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 I mean, there were no mosquitoes in the car, so that was nice. But uh, I was like that. Someone took the time to pen me that note. That is so sweet. Did they also like reach in your car and roll the windows up for you? No, no. And I I should also say, um, I assume there's not um, petty criminals lurking on our podcast, but I always leave my wallet and the keys in the car <laughs> because I don't I don't know I because I just do and so I left the windows down with my wallet and keys uh you know there wow uh and instead of getting robbed I got warned about um pol- possible case of malaria <laughs> <laughs> right uh I'm going to conclude that this means that you don't wear a hydration pack when you ride. 
Um, only if I'm going for a long, you know, more than a couple hours. Uh huh. I mean, I am like the rule for me in my life is carry as little as possible. I never lock my front door. Like I don't ever carry keys mm. ever. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and I apply I apply the same sort of thing to bikes. Like I'll shove a uh, CO two thing in my pocket, and but I'm pretty minimalist up to about two hours two and a half hours of riding Mm -hmm. after that i start to lay in supplies i um i hate really super dirty bottles Mm. uh and so i like hydration Hydration yeah for that reason uh also like when i'm riding out in west county uh i have two saws some (laughs) clippers um (laughs) Uh, another saw that's made from like a, a chainsaw and it's got strap handles. Uh, you know, I've got, You're uh, ready. Uh, yeah, I've got, you know, enough mini tools to do everything, but remove a, mo- a bottom bracket. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a spare chain. Okay. Okay. Let's, you know, I do, even I have my limits, but point being that I have to drive to West County, but I, yeah, my wallet and my uh, keys are in my hydration pack because the hydration pack already weighs like 15 pounds. So adding another six ounces from, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You're ready for everything. I'm not ready for much. I think the difference between us is when the zombie apocalypse does happen, I probably won't run. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to fight? No, I'm just... Uh... I know how this ends. Just eat the brain. It's fine. <laughs> You're going to lean over. Are you, yeah. Are you going to take yeah. a clipper, shave it, shave your hair off. Just say, here you go. There you go. Yeah. I, I'm running. Maybe I am it'll running. do you more good than it's done me. That's what I'm going to say to the zombies. Brains. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. We should stop with the South Park references. Um, yep. yep. Uh, all righty. Well, I think it's time to move on to the paceline picks. Great. Um, so before I get into it, uh, my pick, I just want to shout out listener Shannon, who sent in a fashion no photo after last week's discussion of on bike fashion or lack thereof. I had said last week it, uh, for people to send me photos of themselves in nightmare kit, mm-hmm. uh, which could be anything, right? It could be like just your mismatched nonsense, but you like it and you're happy with it. If you sent, I said, if I got five of those, I'd create a post for them. I only got one. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, I very much appreciate Shannon's effort. She was the only one who dared to share. Mm. So I'm, I may have some photos of me like that. I, I once wrote a post for RKP about the anti kit uh, yeah. How in the winter we would pull out all of our warmest things in order to get through the winter. And inevitably that meant wearing a bunch of stuff that had no hope of matching. Oh, yeah. And we began to call uh, when I was with the UMass team, we began to cultivate that um, in a way so that we could be just as visually offensive as possible. Yeah, I'm into that. I'm into I mean, I'm really into this, the things that let the air out of. Um, highbrow cycling. 
Yep. Um, and that sort of dovetails well with my pick for this week. I'm riding mountain and gravel bikes mostly these days, and those rides tend to be shorter than my old road rides, which, you know, could stretch to four, five, six hours. Uh, I'm out now for two, two and a half hours, like I said before, uh, and I've been th- rethinking what I wear. Um, folks would have heard me say a lot of jokey stuff about Lycra here on the site. I, I want to just clarify that Lycra is great. I own a lot of it. In fact, I own more traditional road kits than I have any right to, uh, thanks to working in the industry a long time. Um, one of the ways that uh, various friends, bike shops, uh, even magazines would express their affection for me would be with like a nice matching road kit, uh, of which I'm unworthy. Um, so all the stuff I've said about Lycra and conventional bike wear should not be construed as condemnation or judgment. It's great. It's fine. Wear what you feel comfortable in. (laughs) That said, this week I'm picking a running shirt, uh, the rabbit easy perf T and that's easy. The letter E, the letter Z. Easy Perf T. It's an ultra lightweight perforated running shirt. It has no pockets. It's just a t-shirt. I love it because it lets the airflow around my upper body. And unlike even a lot of wicking fabrics, the rabbit seems to actually keep me drier than most, which is a big deal given the way I sweat. Mm. As for what to do with the stuff I normally put in Jersey pockets, those things go in shorts pockets or saddlebags now. I don't, as I said before, I don't carry that much, so it's not a big deal. These shirts are cut for all genders. They come in an array of colors. I like the gray because I like gray a lot. Um, (laughs) You. You. (laughs) My kids sometimes make fun of my, quote, grout fits, which is when (laughs) I show up wearing a gray shirt with gray shorts or pants. (laughs) Nice grout fit, Dad. Anyway... The Rabbit Easy Perf Tee is 48 bucks. Um and you might like to ride in it too. I, I'm going to ask a question because okay. I think uh, our listeners may actually benefit from this. You say the shirts are cut for all genders. Yes. Do you do you mean that there is one cut and it'll pretty much fit anybody or they do men's and women's and children's cuts? They do I don't think they do children's. They do men's and women's. Um, okay. And whether you're a man or a woman or someone in between, uh, I think one of the one of the options will work for you. OK, OK. Good to know. It occurred to me recently um, that as a as a man, I tend to pick things that are man apparel mm-hmm. um, rather than unisex. So I'm. I'm trying to be more aware that everyone is listening to this and is the thing I'm recommending um, accessible and usable for everyone. And so I'm trying to, you know, I'm, it, it should have occurred to me a long time ago, but it's just sort of occurred to me that, uh, you know, I should try to be recommending things that are useful to everyone who rides a bike. Uh, well, that was the general intent when we started this up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a slow learner and frequently wrong. I said that before. What's your pick? My pick this week is a gravel tire from Michelin's power series called, oh. obviously enough, the Michelin Power Gravel. Uh, I mounted a pair on the bike that I've been keeping in Memphis. The tire choice uh, for off-road use there is, mm, I'm going to go with not easy. 
What works in the dry doesn't usually work in the wet there. And you get both of those and you get them, well, in extremes. Hmm. The powered gravel features triangular slate toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, triangular shaped blocks. Um, Uh Actually, they are even a bit more pie shaped because the backside isn't completely straight. It's slightly curved. Uh, but you orient the tires to hit for the point to hit the dirt first. Um, the first time I rode this tire, which was here in Sonoma County, I liked it okay. I didn't like it that much because I have it in the 35 millimeter size, which is a terrific gravel, gravel tire size in many locations around this fine country. Uh, but in Sonoma County, with the rock that we've got, 35 millimeters to my eye is not really wide enough. Mm. Um so, yeah, I had to be a little more ginger with it in some places. Uh, but in Memphis, on the firm but not hard dirt that they have there, uh, which happened to be fabulously dry, these tires were incredible. Uh, it, it made the, ter- the dirt there feel kind of hero-y, if that's uh-huh. a word we can coin now. The traction was truly surprising uh, and they rolled quickly. Uh, You know, one of the things that usually suffer is if a tire really hooks up well, it's a little on the slow side. And I didn't have that problem. Mm. Uh, It even felt reasonably quick on the pavement, which was yet another thing I kind of worried about. Um, Comes in four sizes, uh, 33, 35, 40 and 47 millimeters wide. All are 700 C. Um, there's no 650, uh, on their website, they say five sizes, but one of those sizes is a tan sidewall instead of a black sidewall. It's still just 47 millimeters wide. Oh, it's tan size? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, don't, don't, well, try not to be fooled. Um, (laughs) yeah, that was a surprise. Um, I, I had to read the website through several times going, they say five sizes I'm seeing, mm, but it was, it was, uh, Five different SKUs. Yes. I see. Yeah. The tire is $79.99 at retail. Uh, but, you know, as with most things in life, they can be found less expensive than that on the web. Um, and I bet even the average bike shop could get it for a little less than that. And we'd love it if you bought them from bike shops. Uh, but yeah, Dynamite Tire. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed it there. And I am now going to be trying it in the Seattle area very soon. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine the dirt there will be moister. Is that mo- more moist? Mm-hmm. Moister? Yep. 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 Yeah. Would yeah. love a report on that. Yeah. Uh, I well, I I look forward to that. Um, this will this this coming trip to Seattle for my shall we say uh, reduced single status. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't even know what to term that. Yeah, not married, but yeah, um, yeah, yay life. Uh, this will be my first experience riding off-road in the Seattle area. Oh. Uh, and so we're going to find out how the power gravel does in Seattle very shortly. We meaning me. Oh, okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Next show. Yeah, I, I will. I, yeah. Uh, I, maybe I should go ahead and announce my next week's pull since I just figured out what it is. It's like <laughs> riding in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. For I think I just did, but go on. You, you yes. take credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh it, you know this is the thing cycling has given me the world uh 
when I was a musician, I was inside recording studios all the time. And cycling made me interested in France and Italy and Seattle and, you know, uh, people in Seattle. Uh, so, yeah, that's really one of the greatest gifts cycling has given me is an interest in actually seeing the world around me. Yeah, I think the answer to the question, you know where it's great to ride a bike? I think the answer is pretty much everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe a few places, not as much fun, but it's, yeah. least, it's at least worth finding out, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All righty. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of The Pace Line. Uh, before we go, I'd like to put in a plug for TCI's other podcasts, uh, Revolting, which is a cycling podcast that isn't really about cycling. And uh, that's with John and Stephen Knievel of All Hail the Black Market and Enter the Deuce, which is even less about cycling. We're hoping I'm, I have tr- I have either lip or tongue trouble today. Brain and mouth not moving same speed today. Yeah, uh, we're hoping that you do like them. And if you do, please subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, send us more questions. That's fun. And send us more photos, too. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, especially if they're kind of anti-kit. Uh, if you've got an idea, please drop by the Cycling Independent and put a suggestion in the comments. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with John Lewis. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.